Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for May 1st, 2023. Man, May 1st. We, this is the first day of the fifth month of 2023. And I did not know when God told me on New Year's Eve that he wanted me to teach on the miracles of Jesus, that I would still be teaching about the miracles of Jesus in May. But here we are. We're wrapping up. This is the last miracle. We've been looking at all of the miracles that Jesus performed. And now with, this is basically what I call the mother of our miracles. We've been looking at the miracle of Lazarus, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. This is part 72 of the whole series and part 14 of us looking at Lazarus. What is the title of today's message? Well, never pause your faith. Say this out loud. I will never put my faith on pause. As a believer, I am a believer and not a doubter. I walk by faith and not by fear. I'm never going to pause my faith. I'm never going to put my faith on, on pause. I'm going to believe and I'm going to keep believing until God tells me to move on and go do something else. I will never stop believing. So I want you to open up your heart and get ready to receive what God is about to release for you. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Before I do, I'm going to read Psalms 126 and verse 4. Now, this particular um, scripture, Psalms 126 and verse 4, we've been looking at pretty much every day all year. And and, and I, I know some people may question, well, Rick, why do you read this every day? Or why do you read the same scriptures over and over again? Or why do you t take us through a passage and you take like, you know, part 72 or we're already at part 14 in Lazarus? Well, there are many reasons for it. Well, but... I believe that God, as a heavenly father, he wants us to really get it. And as humans, because we are finite and God is infinite and the ways of God are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts, sometimes it just takes us a long time for, to get it. As a parent, if you have children, you know what I'm talking about. How many times do you say something to your children? And so the apostle Paul actually did this in one of the letters, I believe it was in his letter to the Philippians. He says, for me, it's not grievous to repeat these things. He's like, I'm repeating these things to you because I love you. And it doesn't even bother me for, me for me to go over something over and over and over again because he says, for you, it is safe. I just want you to get it. I just want you to get it. So Psalms 126 and verse 4 is something that the Lord spoke over our church. And because you're listening to me, I want to share it with you. And it's something I'm meditating on all year. This is something that I believe this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So listen to this again. The Bible says, now, Lord do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory and may streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Whatever area of your life went dry, guess what? This is a season for you to be drenched again, to be drenched in his spirit, to be drenched in his anointing, to be drenched in his favor. Say, Lord, do it again. All right. So now John chapter 11, as we've been looking at this, and even some of the things that I'm going to cover today, I'm like, Lord, man, you know, I keep driving this home. You sure you want me? He's like, yes, drive it home. And also today I'm going to teach you the difference between belief and faith. And so you got, you got to get an understanding. 
you will never maximize what you do not understand. And so my job as a teacher, as a Bible teacher, is to communicate the word of God to you in a way that you can understand. And I break it down. My cousin says that I break it down Barney style. So here we go. In our last message, I further highlighted to you the differences between the two sisters, between Mary and Martha. And we saw how Martha got her shot with Jesus. She did nothing but frustrate him. And so he was like, okay, where's Mary? Then Mary came. She only said 12 words. And it was actually the first 12 words that Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But she touched Jesus in such a way with her worship that Jesus wept. He was like, where have you laid them? And the people that were there, Mary couldn't even say anything. They said, come and see. As they are going to the tomb and they get there to the gravesite, Jesus says, roll the stone away. I've already told you that you have to grant God access to your source of pain. He says, I'm not going to roll the stone away. If you want me to do something, you have to roll the stone away for yourself. So listen, if you want God to do something in your life, you got to grant him access to your place of pain so that he can heal it. You got it? And so, and, and right then when he says, roll the stone away, Martha steps in and almost messes up the whole situation. And Martha steps in and says, no, Lord, the body stinketh by now. Why did she say that? Because she couldn't believe. And then Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? He said, man, I told you that if you believe, put this in the chat, if I believe, I will see the glory of God. He said, if you believe, you would see the glory of, obviously, Martha, you don't believe. Martha's problem is that she has stopped believing. Not only was she no longer in faith, but she even stopped believing. I'm talking about, she even had closed the door to the possibility of, I'm, I'm going to teach you today the difference between belief and faith. She was no longer believing. When her brother stopped breathing, she stopped believing. She, she, there was a time when she believed. There was a time when she was like, hey, Jesus is coming. But once Lazarus died, her belief died with him. And once she stopped believing, then that's it. She had relaxed the grip that she had on her faith. And so because Jesus was there in faith and because she was there in unbelief, then all she was doing was causing problems for Jesus. She frustrated Jesus. He tried multiple times. Believe it thou this. She didn't get it. And then he was like, okay, fine. Let's go to Mary. Mary touched him. He's ready to do it. And right when he's ready to raise Lazarus from the dead, she's stopping him. Why? Because the body is thinking. She's stopping him. Why? Because she no longer believes. And he said, didn't I tell you? that if you believe you would see the glory of God, the problem is that she doesn't believe anymore. For her, Lazarus was past tense. For her, the case was closed. For her, she can't see it. For her, it was game over. Jesus was ready, willing, and able to bring her brother back to life, but she couldn't see it. And that's the problem with stopping to believe. Like, like if you don't believe, you won't be able to see it. Belief says, I, I believe it can happen, Faith says, I believe it will happen. I'm going to teach you the difference between the two. We are called believers for a reason. Put in the chat, I am a believer. I'm a believer. We're called believers for a reason. Why are we called believers? Mark 9 and 23, Jesus said, as far as possibilities go, all things are possible for him who believes. As far as possibilities go, you know, when it comes to possibilities, all things are possible for the person that believes. If you can open up your heart to it and God speaks and you believe it, then man, all things are possible for him 
who believes. There are no impossibilities for the people that believe in God. For the people, now, there are many impossibilities for the people who choose not to believe in God. So, for example, I've given you this example many times. Actually, yesterday in our church, we have many healings take place. But if you don't believe in healing, then you don't believe that healing is for today, then, then healing is not possible for you. It's not that healing is not possible. Healing is possible. It's just not possible for you. Why? Because you don't believe. And so you and I, we're believers and we're believers for a reason. So what does this mean for you today? I did all that to set it up, obviously. So what does this mean for you today? As I get into these points, this is where I need you to open up your heart to believe. You ready? All right, here we go. I'm going to do some teaching. Number one, God wants you to believe in him. Say, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God can do anything. We're called believers. Why, do, why are we called believers? Because we're supposed to believe. We're, this is what I believe. This, we're supposed to believe that a God that we cannot see will show up in our lives in ways that we can't see. We, we're supposed to believe that this God that we cannot see, that he will operate in us, with us, through us, and for us. We, we're supposed to believe that this God that we cannot see made plans for us from the foundations of the world. And as we walk with him, he will reveal to us what those plans are. He will reveal to us what was prepared for us, but concealed from us. And then he will reveal to us that he is preparing us for what he already prepared for us. And so then we get to walk into rooms where, where our heart is open to receive what God has already provided. Why? Because we are believers. Say, I am a believer. When you believe in God, you open your heart to the limitless possibilities of his power. You, you, he is pleased. Watch this. He is pleased when you believe. Uh, your, your heavenly father is happy with you when you believe him. He gets excited when you believe. Like, like when, when people believe God for big things, there are some Christians, watch this, some Christians that, that say when people are believing God for this or believing God for that, and they believe that this is something huge that God is going to do through them, there are some Christians that would say, hey, you're bothering God, or why are you so pretentious towards God, or why are you, like, no, our Heavenly Father is happy when we believe Him. Our Heavenly Father looks down and be like, man, that's a son, that's a daughter that knows who they are in me. They are my son, they are my daughter, and they believe, they know They know who their daddy is, you know what I'm saying? And as a parent, you get happy when your children know who you are. As a, as a parent, you get happy when your children know that you are there to bless them, that you love them, that you make plans for them from the foundations of the world. Listen, put this in the chat. Say, my heavenly father, or put in the chat, say, my God is my father. Like, like that's why we're supposed to cry out, Abba, Father, I'm not, I'm not worshiping some despondent, disconnected God, like some ethereal God. No, he is my daddy. He's my heavenly father. This is why Jesus never, when Jesus talked about God to other people, he could say, God did this and God wants this and God does that. But when Jesus talked to God, he never called them God. He called them father. He talked about the father. Why? Because he wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. When I pray, when I talk about God, I call him God. But when I pray to God, I call him father or daddy. And why? Because he's my daddy. He's my father. And so you, when he wants you to believe in him as a heavenly father, he wants you to believe in him on that level. And you ought to love him like that. Uh, um, um, somebody came up to my wife yesterday. My wife was in worship and, and, and the worship was amazing. And, but you know, I, I, I was on the altar for a while and I came back, but Isabella was just like caught up in worship. And somebody said to my wife, um, God loves the way that you love him. God loves the way that you love him, the way that you love him. He loves it. He, he why? Because he's your daddy. Like, I mean, when you love God, God is God. And so while God can theoretically do whatever he wants to do, 
For God to operate in your life, I told you that he, you, he is looking for your cooperation. For God to operate in me, he's looking for me to cooperate with him. And how do I cooperate? By believing. And so where he is looking for us to believe him. He wants me to believe on his level. Lord, glorify me that I may glorify thee. It's not about me. It's all about you. I will do whatever you want me to do. But I know that the greater that you exalt me, use me, uh, give me uh, areas of influence on this planet, the more glory I can bring to your name name. Say amen to that. All right, number two. When you don't believe in God, you hinder him from moving in your life. While we, we serve a God of no limits, say God, say God is a God of no limits. Say no, put in the chat, no limits, no boundaries. While our God is a God of no limits, our God is a God of no boundaries. I got it. But when we fail to believe, we put limits on God. When we fail to believe, when we stop believing like Martha did, we are closing the door to the possibility of it. And this is a dangerous place to be. If you can't believe it, then chances are that you won't receive it. You will never have it. As a believer, you have to see it on the inside before you're going to get it on the outside. And so if you can't see it, you will never be it. If you can't see it, you can't have it. I'm going to use an example of when Jesus went to his hometown. When Jesus went to his hometown, Jesus is now ministering. Jesus is obvious that he is the Messiah. He's causing the blind to see, the lame to walk, the dumb to speak, the dead to rise, lepers are being cleansed, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. All of this is happening. And he gets back to his hometown and he's there to minister. And they asked him, oh, brother Jesus is home. Hey, brother Jesus, hey, brother Jesus, would you read the scripture for today? And back then, the scripture were in rolls, like scrolls. And so whoever read last week, they would put a little pin on it to see wherever they stopped reading. And whoever read last Saturday stopped at the end of Isaiah chapter 60. And they said, brother Jesus, would you come read the scripture? And he opened up the scroll. Come on, baby, I feel like preaching now. And it just so happened that that little scroll, that little pin was on Isaiah 61 and 1. And Jesus opened up the scroll and he read. The Bible says he read this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set the captives free, to, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to set at liberty them that were bruised. And then he closed the scroll. He gave it back to them, to the minister. He sat down and the Bible says all the people in the synagogue, all their eyes were fastened upon him. And he began saying unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled while you are present and while you are hearing. He was saying, doggone it, I found myself in the book. I just read Isaiah 61 and 1 and Isaiah would look forward 700 years and he saw me. And what Isaiah wrote 700 years ago, I'm fulfilling it right now. And he was like, I'm here. What I just said, that's me. The Messiah is here. And they said, <laughs> that's marriage boy. Are you crazy? They said, that's Joseph's son. They said, no, 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 no. That's the carpenter's son. That's the guy that fixed my roof last year. That's the guy that built the dining table for Jimmy. How could he be the Messiah? And the Bible says one of the, one of the saddest verses in the Bible, the Bible says that he could not, it doesn't say Jesus didn't want to, he could not perform many miracles there. Why? Because of their unbelief. Jesus couldn't do it. Jesus was present. The anointing was on him. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is, it's me. And the power of God is present. I can cause the blind to see, the lame to walk, the dumb to speak, the dead to rise, lepers to be cleansed, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. I'm ready. Glory to God. And they said, no, that's Mary's boy. And Jesus could not 
perform any miracles there. He could, it, it wasn't that he didn't want to. He could not do it. Why? Because they didn't believe. Don't let that be you. I mean, unbelief stifles God. But put in the chat, no, I'm a believer. <laughs> Don't go on it. No, no. Belief opens the door to it, but unbelief closes the door. Put in the chat, I keep my heart open. I'm going to keep that door open to what God wants to do in my life. You got it? All right, number three, you have to get past the belief stage. Now, let me explain the difference between faith and belief for a minute. You will never exercise faith for something that you do not believe. And so I told you that belief, belief, when you believe something, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I believe that God does X. God is in the business of doing all of these things. That's what I believe. Now, faith means God spoke to me that he's going to do it in my life. Faith means that I'm exercising faith actively for something specific to happen in my life, and faith begins where the will of God is known. But if I can't get past the belief stage, I will never get to the faith stage. If I don't believe that God is in that business, in the business of doing X, Y, or Z, then I will never exercise faith for something that I don't even believe. So God's plans and promises for your life, watch this, are so big that sometimes it's hard for you to wrap your mind around it. Martha was standing there with Jesus. Jesus was trying to get her to believe, but she could not wrap her mind around the fact that her brother, who was already dead for four days and already stinking, that her brother would rise again. And so even when Jesus said, your brother will rise again, she said, I know he's going to rise again in the last day. Even when she's like, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believeth thou this? And she said, yeah, Lord, I believe that you're the Messiah. And he was like, come on, man, you got to get to the belief stage so that you can get to the faith stage. God's plans and purposes for you are so big that you, first of all, you got to believe. If you don't believe it, you will never exercise faith for it. Faith is something you say, something you do, a seed that you sow based on what you believe that God is going to do in your life, but you will never get to that stage if you don't even believe it. So God wants to do things in your life, but you got to believe it first. Martha couldn't get past the belief stage. So belief says, okay, the door is open. Lord, I just want to keep the door open. You do anything. So my, my, my heart is open to anything, Lord, I'm down for whatever, right? Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. I believe that you can. Belief says it's possible. And then faith says, okay, now I believe God spoke to me. I believe God gave me a promise or he gave me a dream or he spoke to me through the Holy Spirit or he gave me a prophetic word through somebody else. But because God gave me a promise, now God's word, he's not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he'll make it good. Numbers 23 and 19. So now I believe it's going to happen. I believe it. I receive it. And I'm going to launch out in faith for it. I, I will perform actions now in the present based on what I believe that God told me about my future. And I know that it's only a matter of time before I have it. That's faith. But I will never get to faith if I can't get past belief. There was a moment in the story of Lazarus where Martha believed. But she got to the point where she didn't believe anymore. That's why Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? Well, she couldn't believe anymore. So please don't allow any situation in your life to get you to the point where you no longer believe. Don't, don't, don't allow anything that happens in your life to get you to the point where you, where you close the door of possibility. Because if you close the door, then, then no matter how much I preach, no matter how many people, no matter how much the Holy Spirit talks to you, you're not going to be in faith because you can't even get past belief. Never stop believing. Remember that song, Don't Stop Believing? Never stop believing. 
Once you believe, you at least are in position to exercise faith. You got it? All right, number four, last point for today, and then, I'll, and then we'll, we'll deal with this again tomorrow. Believe in God keeps your heart open to his endless power. What you want to do is you want to keep your heart open to his endless power. You want to be open. Say, Lord, I'm open. You don't want to be closed. You don't want to be closed to anything that God wants to do in your life. My spiritual father, Pastor Tony Brazelson, one time he was driving past a building in DC and the Lord said, if you had been open, I was going to give you that building. I tried to give you that building, but you were not open. If you had been open, I would have given you that building as another campus for the church. And he said, Lord, I didn't even know I was closed. And so the Lord said, well, you were. <laughs> he said, Lord, I'm sorry. He said, I'm open now. He said, okay, you open? He said, yeah. Okay, well, if I give you another building, will you, be, will you accept? He said, yes, Lord. And a few days later, God opened the door for, for our church, which is one church in many locations, to get a building in Woodbridge, Virginia, which wound up being the building that I went to when I joined the church. But before that, he was closed and he didn't even know it. Listen, don't be closed. Don't be closed to God. Make sure you are opening your heart to the possibilities of whatever God wants to do however God wants to do it. When you choose to believe in God, despite your circumstances, he, Martha did. Jesus was trying to get, I mean, Mary did. Jesus was trying to get Martha to believe, despite the fact that he was dead and his body was thinking and it had been four days. He was trying to get her to believe. When you believe God, despite your circumstances, then you position yourself to walk in the supernatural, to experience God's best. Believing God is not just about acknowledging that there's a God. No, it's about acknowledging that God can do anything. It's about acknowledging that God can do anything. Now, that and that this God can do anything at any time, he could speak to me about what he wants to do in my life. And if he speaks to me about what he wants to do in my life, now I got to have faith. But the only reason why I was open to what he spoke is because I believe. If I didn't believe, then when he spoke, I wouldn't, I wouldn't receive it. And so belief keeps the door open. And then when God speaks to me, I walk through the door. Belief keeps the door open. And when God speaks to me, I walk through the door, right? But I would never walk through the door if the door is closed. I would never even hear God if I close the door of the possibility of it. So even in the face of impossibilities, you should never stop believing. In closing, belief is the key that will unlock the door of possibilities for you. You got to believe God. One of the greatest... Um, books, autobiographies that I read, and actually he read, he wrote two autobiographies and I read both, were for Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, um, he was the first preacher on television in the 60s, and he was doing all of these crusades with these tents, and God was using him to perform all of these miracles, and but he had to believe it. Like, God performed a miracle in his life when he was young, and then God used him to, mightily, and then after all of that, after he was at the height of this evangelistic ministry, the Lord told them to give the tent away, to go to Oklahoma and start a university. <laughs> and I'm talking about, you talking about a man that had to believe God? I mean, not only did he have to believe God to be on TV and, and deal with all of that scrutiny, and then the, the, deal with the crusades and the miracles and all of that scrutiny, but then when God told him to go start a university, he didn't know anything about that. But when you open up the door to the, whatever God wants to do, however God wants to do it, there's no limit to what God will do in you, with you, and through you. Belief says, Lord, listen, I don't know what you, you're going to do, but I believe that you can do anything. And so whatever you say to me, my heart is open. As soon as you speak, I'll operate in faith. But for now, I just want you to know, I believe you can do anything and I'm down for whatever. 
I'm talking about never pausing your faith and never stopping to believe God. I say, say, I believe God. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life by faith. I want you to speak these words of faith from a believing heart. All right, you got it? Say this. Open up your, uh, your mouth and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I am a believer, not a doubter. I refuse to give up believing on you. I will not allow my situation to cross over into the realm of past tense in my heart or in my mind. I will not allow unbelief to stifle my faith. Belief is a choice. Faith is a choice. Doubt is a choice. Unbelief is a choice. So I choose to believe. I choose to live by faith. And I choose to continue to believe until I see your glory manifested. I add patience to my faith. I maintain joy and peace while I believe. I declare that I'm a believer. I believe in a God of no limits. And I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, we're going to have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to today. And you're not, if you're not getting my notes, I don't understand why not, that you can get them for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Put in the chat. I will never stop believing. Put in the chat, I am a believer. Put in the chat, I live by faith. Put in the chat, the impossible is possible for me. I want you to, to leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. The best is yet to come for you. Why? Because you believe God. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.